0: We are doing Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 12. This is chapter 11. We are just few chapters away from closing. Uh, this chapter is called Summary Description of the Mahapurusha. So, we are going to describe how Sri Hari looks like. What is the way in which you can praise him or you can do your puja and part to him? So, Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 12, Chapter 11, Summary Description of the Mahapurusha. Sri Savunaka said, O Suta, you are the best of the learned men and a great devotee of the Supreme Lord. Therefore, we now inquire from you about the definitive conclusions of the Tantra scriptures. Now, whenever the word Tantra comes into the picture, we always think in terms of all wrong kinds of activities. Tantra actually means the way in which we can use our body to serve the lord please understand this it is a very very important way of saying that what is it what are the methodologies that can be used for worshiping the lord how do you worship the lord using this body of ours all right the way of reaching god through this body so Sutta Goswami has asked this question, can can you please explain to us what is the way of reaching God through this body? All good fortune to you, please explain to us who are very eager to learn the process of the Kriya Yoga, practice through regulated worship of the transcendental Lord, the husband of the Goddess of Fortune. Please also explain how the Lord's devotee conceive of his limbs, associate, weapons, ornaments in terms of particular material representation by expertly worshipping the supreme lord a mortal can attain immortality so the questions are going on he says can you please explain to us the kriya yoga kriya the way in which it is done doership doership is extremely important so how do you do certain things kriya part the technology behind it See, you have a technology and the Kriya, the way in which you can implement the technology. So, implementing this particular knowledge in the material world through this worship. That means what kind of worship do we do? Then whom are we doing this worship to? Mahavishnu, Narayana, Sri Krishna. And there his consort is Lakshmi. So, how do you do this? So, what is it that we have to conceive Conceive means you got to think, you got to visualize in your mind's eye the concept of God. What is the concept of God? What are his various limbs? He has got various hands and legs. Okay. So what are those limbs? How do you conceive them? Then associates. There are associates. It is like you have the Sudarshan Chakra, isn't it? Huh? Or you have Shankar or some other people along with him. There are lots of you. Like say, for example, in case of say or Shri Ram, there is Hanuman, there is Lakshmana. Who is this Lakshmana, who is this Hanuman, who is Balram? So these are the questions that have to be raised. So we need to understand what is it that is required around him. Then weapons, there are different kinds of weapons. Sometimes you see Shivji uses the trident and Krishna uses what the mace and the Sudarshan. So what is that? Then. Ornaments, there are different ornaments. You you have heard of kaustub, you have heard of kaan kundal that is there, the earrings, special kind of earrings. What are these earrings? Then he wears a certain crown, he has a certain conch in his hand. Why is that conch there? So, there are these weapons and ornaments and what are they representing? So, can you please explain to us so that once we hear it, we will be able to do something about it. Suta Goswami said, Offering obeisance to my spiritual master, I shall repeat to you the descriptions of the opulence of Lord Vishnu given in the Vedas and Tantras by great authorities beginning from the lotus born Brahma. So, the Goswami says, now I am going to explain. But first, if I don't have the grace of my Guru, I will not be able to say any words to you. So, it is through the Guru's path, you know, the path laid down by the Guru, you can reach God. So, Sutta Goswami says, first I have to give obeisance to my spiritual master and then I will be able to tell you the descriptions that is there about the Lord, how the Lord is supposed to be worshipped. Now, this is given as per the Vedas and the Tantras. The Vedas are very ancient literatures, which prescribes a lot of things, how to eat, how to drink, what to do, this, that, so many other things. It is prescribing a lot of stuff. So, there are do's and don'ts in this world. You cannot, you know, have this world without the do's and the don'ts, all right. So, you can't get up in the middle of the night and start doing your work. There are people who do work in the middle of the night. There are some people who work during the day. No, there are certain kinds of folks in this world who are entitled for that, right. So, they will work during the night. Not everybody can do that. Everybody cannot eat all kinds of food. There are specific foods that are very, very important that we need to eat. There are specific jobs that are there. See, there is uh, the person who removes the night soil. Night soil means they clean the gutters. Okay? There are people who enter the gutters and they clean the gutters. Now, people find it very offensive. Would you like to do that? No. Then, in the material world also, Why would a person want to go and do something like that? You cannot become offensive in the world. So you have to be good. So you have been given a certain characteristics and that characteristics is extremely important. And these characteristics will take you towards your veil and destination. So that is mentioned in the Vedas. Tantras is the way in which how you can worship the God. Isn't it? So we have just now done that. So he says I will explain. The universal form. The Virat of the personality of Godhead includes the nine basic elements of creation starting with the unmanifest nature and their subsequent transformations. Once this universal form is instilled with consciousness, the three planetary systems become visible within it. So, now Sutta Goswami is explaining. So, what is it that he says? I am going to explain the Virat Swaroop of the Lord. The Virat swarup is... In which way can we experience Lord in his mighty form? So, think about it. When someone prays to Jesus Christ and someone praying to Father in heaven. So, the Christians pray to Jesus Christ. But everybody including Jesus Christ prays to the Father in heaven. So, if you are, if you were to ask Jesus Christ, whom were you praying to? So, he will say, I was praying to my Father in heaven. The idea is to pray to the Father in heaven, the Father of Jesus Christ. Isn't that so? So, how does the Father in heaven look like? What is his appearance? Does he have an appearance or no? And that is very important for us to know. And that is exactly what he is asking. Can you explain to us this Swarup? Swarup means the form. So he says first, first the form of this Virat. Virat means eternal, kind of a, you know, unending Virat, huge. So the Virat Swarup first starts with the nine elements of creation. Nine elements starting from the unmanifest. So we have first the unmanifest. So, even let us go back in time and think about it. Whom was Buddha praying to? Whom was Jesus Christ praying to? And whom were all the gods that have come on this earth prayed to? So, they prayed first to the unmanifest divinity. The unmanifest divinity cannot be understood because there is no manifestation of that. So, the unmanifest has to first establish itself to become manifest in a form. The form has to crystallize. So, there are nine different elements which get created so the first non-manifest, it takes a form of a kind of a manifestation so it comes in the form of an entity now the entity is not formed the way we can think of like you can look at my face and say oh i look like this but there is no entity formation let us take in case of a person who is creating, you know, a very beautiful, say, sculpture. He is taking a stone, okay, or he is taking a marble piece. Can you see anything in that? It is unmanifest. It is not yet manifested, right? Manifestation means it has appeared. There is no appearance of anything in that. Now, he is going to create a very beautiful sculpture in that. So, there is a block, which is? crude. So, the unmanifest first creates a crude an absolutely basic structure and this basic structure is from which everything is going to come out. So, first you create a big block and from the block you start chiseling away little, 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 little and the broader parts come into the picture. Okay, If it is a statue of a person who is standing Ok, let us say the statue is in a standing position pointing like this towards the heavens. So first that means you have to first carve out a shape an outer outline of that. So first you have to chisel away and make it into a smaller and a smaller portion. So this is the way how things are done. So even in our life when we have everybody comes and ask me this question. What am I supposed to do with my life? People have asked me this question when they come as a youngster also they will say you know Guruji what is it that I should do? So what are you supposed to do? Are you supposed to do your MBA or are you supposed to do your master's or whatever you know are you supposed to do a job something like that. So you have to know So, you want to come and first find out. So, let us say you want to become an information technology person, okay, Uh, some industry. So, first what are you supposed to do? You are supposed to take science as a subject. That is broad portion. You have done your 10th standard, you know, PUC, you have to do. So, you first do science. After doing science, you take up a certain number of subjects. So, you shape. Isn't it shaping done? And then after taking up those subjects, then you go and apply for the competitive examinations. You have to be adept in the competitive examinations. If you, if you are not, you will not get admission. After doing that, then the next step is to get the special subject that you want. That means preparation, 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 preparation. Just imagine, you know, you know, uh, different kinds of tools are required for, uh, say, sculpting. Suppose the mallet is missing. Then what happens? You need the mallet, isn't it? Otherwise, without it, how are you going to chisel away? How are you going to break the thing down, right? So different kinds of hammers, mallets, you know, drilling machines, you require all that. You want to do a very fine nose. Can I take a big hatodi you know, hathodi, hammer and can I just bang it like that? The nose will get chipped away. I will get a big, big fat thing. Right, So, you need very finer instruments as well. In the same way, you require brushes which are finer and which are broader, which are fatter, which are longer. Different kinds of brushes are required. So, all these are equipments that are needed. So, you need to have all these for their subsequent transformation. Subsequent means the thing that is going to come in the future. Not then. In the initial stages, it is a rough cut. After that you make finer and finer and finer and finer and finer. finer. So as you keep on doing that, it is exactly like how you make ghee. You know, making ghee is not so easy, first you have to get the milk, without the milk you can't, that means you have to take a block of, so exactly like that. So he says to make subsequent transformation, then this universal form has to be instilled. So after going through various steps 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, whatever, then you can instill this in the consciousness now think about it you have to understand one thing when i am looking at a person now let us say i am looking at the camera can you see me looking in the camera right so if i am looking in the camera that means both my eyes are focused on that one object now let us say if i am looking at you Do you think I can look at your nose, your eyes, your head and face and everything? No, I can only look at one object in your face. Let us say I am looking at one eye, I cannot look at both the eyes. If I look at both the eyes, that means I am squinted, right? So I have to look only at one object. So likewise, how do you focus this thing? And how do you get in the consciousness, in your consciousness, in your inner being? How do you get this picture inside of you and that is what is important instilling the picture inside of you and then it has got three planetary systems. Three planetary systems are the heaven, the earth and the nether worlds all that come along with the lord. See we are instilling the lord within us so we need the three worlds also because he is the lord of the three worlds. This is a representation of the Supreme Lord as the universal person in which the earth is his feet, the sky his navel, the sun his eyes, the wind his nostrils, the demigods of procreation his genitals, death his anus, moon his mind, the heavenly planet are his head, the direction his ears, the demigods protecting the various planets his many arms, the god of death is his eyebrows, shame his lower lip, greed his upper lip, delusion is smile and moonshine his teeth while the trees are the almighty purisha's bodily hairs and the clouds the hair on his head so this is the way in which the lord has been described he says visualize this i want you to visualize see without visualization you cannot ever come to any firm understanding in most of the other religions of this world There is no process called visualization. Even in our normal life, we have to visualize everything. Without visualizing, you cannot come to any conclusions. Whether it is a scientist, a sculptor, a painter, uh, you know, an information technology person or a construction worker, everybody, architecture, you see, if an engineer is there, he wants to build a building. Without the basic plan, how is he going to visualize? Without visualizing, how do you make a structure? So, if somebody says, no, 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 you cannot visualize God, there is something desperately wrong with that person. Because we are human beings, without basic concept, we cannot create anything. So, creation of this demigod or gods is very important in our world. So, we need to visualize and this is the reason why this particular methodology is adopted. So he says, think of the god and what does he have? He has his earth as the feet, sky as navel and so on and so forth. Just as one can determine the dimensions of an ordinary person of this world by measuring the various limbs, one can determine the dimensions of the Mahapurusha by measuring the arrangements of the planetary system within his universal form. So you want to know how big the form is? So, now you have to visualize it in terms of dimensions. Now, see, let us let us look at the, the tallest skyscraper in the world. Somebody wants to build 200 story building. Did I come with the figure 200? Yes. So, if it is 200 story, every floor will have how many feet? So, how many meters, feet? So, now, I can't have 200 stories in 20 feet, no? Or 200 feet? It definitely has a dimension, isn't it? And if I want to go up, I have to go sideways also. I can't just have a stick standing like this. You know, 200 feet tall stick, but people have to live in it. So that means living conditions have to be there. The lifts have to be there. The drainage system has to be there. The water system has to be there. Tanks have to be there on top. That means it is not only 200 stories. It has to be far greater than 200 stories. So, visualization, if I don't do, how will I know? So, how big, how wide, the depth, the breadth, all three-dimensional visualization has to be there. Without three-dimensional visualization, how can you ever arrive at anything? So, he is saying this representation is important and you have to determine the dimension. Determination of dimensions is a must. So, how, how tall you want your God to be? It is is very strange. You know, we want our God to be how big? Oh, I want him to be 200 feet tall. (laughs) So, you can have a God 200 feet tall also. It does not matter. You want to have a God who is so tiny also. It does not matter. But that tiny God also needs dimensions, isn't it? I can't create. I just can't keep a block in front of you and say, Oh, this is the way how God is. I can't do that. I need to have a particular shape, a size, something like that. So, there. So, he says the dimensions, you have to come to a conclusion that this is what the dimensions have to be. So, when measuring, when you think in terms of measuring, who is going to measure? You are going to measure, isn't it? We are all going to measure in our mind. So, how big your Lord has to be? It's your imagination that you are supposed to have. So, you see, if I have to tell you, I want to create that, you know, Venus de Milo photo, you know, that picture, or the sculpture how big do you want it to be Ah? Huh? oh maybe i can have it 10 feet tall somebody will say some big raja maharaja will say no no i want to have 500 feet tall you see they are creating statues in that uh, in that sagar also no that which nagarjuna sagar what what is that sagar that inside the ocean or inside the lake they are putting a big statues the tallest and the largest statue everybody wants to have They created one Buddha in Hyderabad, okay, in that uh, lake, isn't it? Like that they are creating Vallabhai Patel somewhere. Yeah, Vallabhai Patel's tallest statue in the world is being installed somewhere in Gujarat. I don't know where it is. Like that, when you had gone to Tiruvallar, okay, in Kanyakumari, it is there or not there? He is standing in the middle of the ocean. So, but we need dimensions. You need the rock, the base also. To hold it. So without the base, how do you hold this whole thing up? So you need a base for the god also. See if your god is only going to you know suspend in animation and keep on going round and round like the earth is going, then you are not going to catch him. So you better catch this lord yourself. So you need to have a lord in front of your eyes, standing there. And you better put him in the ground, okay? Otherwise how will you have the lord? The father in heaven will be somewhere in the heavens. God knows where the heavens are, right? So you need to have a creation like that in front of you for worship. Worshipping the Lord in a particular form is important. So we are trying to come to that conclusion. So dimension of the Mahapurusha. Upon his chest, the mighty unborn personality of Godhead bears the Kaustub jewel. That is the gem is there, which represents pure spirit soul along with Srivatsa mark which is the direct manifestation of this gem's expansive effulgence. Now there is a gem. The gem is on his chest. Okay, The gem is shining. Remember, this is a shining gem called Kaustub. What is it amidst Srivatsa? What is Srivatsa? The grey and the white hairs of the lord. He has got grey and white hairs. They look like trees, you know, and, and there is a jewel in between. Just imagine that. So he has got grey and white hairs. And that is called Sri mark Why Sri mark grey and white and why not black? Do you know why? <laughs> because Lakshmi sleeps over there, okay, and he has also been kicked over there, right? Why, well, yeah. So, there are so many things associated with it. So, anyway, I don't want to go into that stories all the time now. We are doing this chapter, uh, chapter 11. His flower garland is his material energy, comprising various combinations of the modes of nature. His yellow garment is the Vedic meter and his sacred thread, the syllable Om, composed of the three sounds. In the form of his two shark-shaped earrings, the Lord carries the process of Sankhya and Yoga. And his crown bestowing fearlessness on the inhabitants of all the three worlds is the supreme position of the Brahma Loka. So, these are the various things that are there. I don't think I need to explain all these things. These are basically things that you need to visualize. Ananta, the Lord's sitting place, is the unmanifest phase of material nature. And the Lord's lotus throne is the mode of goodness endowed with the religion and knowledge. Now, we are coming to the next thing. What is the next thing? ananta Anantashesh is his is chair on which he sits. You have seen the chair, isn't it? It's a snake. Hmm? It's a snake coiled like this and he's got that hood like this on top. So that is his sitting chair. So that is there. It is the unmanifest phase of material nature. Ananta means eternal. Shesha. Shesh is the snake, the eternal Shesh. So he is manifesting the worlds on his hood. His hood is there. On his hood he manifests these things. So, the club the Lord carries is the chief element prana. Incorporating the potencies of sensory, mental and the physical strength. His excellent conch shell is the element water. His Sudarshana disc the element fire and his sword pure as the sky the element ether. His shield embodies the mode of ignorance. His bow named saranga, time and his arrow quiver that works the working sensory organs so these are the various things that are comprising of so the club which he carries is prana the club which he carries okay incorporating the potencies of sensory mental and physical strength you see there are three three strengths in this sensory strength sensory means with your eyes you can see with your ears you can hear these are sensory strengths we have strength of hearing smelling eating you know tasting seeing all those. So, there is a sensory strength and then we have mental strength. You know mental strength, I do not need to tell you what is mental strength and physical strength Mm. like that. So, these are the different things. His arrows are said to be the senses and his chariot is the active forceful mind. His eternal appearance is the subtle object of perception and the gesture of his hands are the essence of all purposeful activity. The sun globe is the place where the supreme lord is worshipped Spiritual initiation is the means of purification for the spirit soul and rendering devotional service to the personality of Godhead is the process of eradicating all one sinful reaction. So, now he is coming to the next part where how do you come to this? So, first how do you actually arrive at this? So, you need spiritual initiation. The spiritual initiation is normally done by the master. So, he initiates into a particular mantra and he gives you the way of life. And that way of life has to be followed. If you want to get into this, to understand the divinity, the Lord himself, then all these things have to be done. Then the, recre- the devotional service has to be rendered. Today in the morning when we were doing, what was the most important line over there? The line is, if you want to meet the divinity, first it is you have to go through the spiritual master. So, the spiritual master first gives you all this thing then you can attain this particular dimension otherwise it is very very different difficult. So, to remove all your sinful reactions this is what is important playfully carrying a lotus which represents the various opulences designated by the word bhaga the supreme lord Accepts the service from a pair of Chamara fans, which are religious and fame. Chamara fans, you know, you have seen those two fans that are going up and down like this at the side. Those are the Chamara. Chamara means there is a, they are spread like this, you know, and you have seen they fan the Lord. That is what. O Brahmana, the Lord's umbrella is his spiritual abode, Vaikunta, where there is no fear and Garuda, who carries the Lord of sacrifice, his threefold Vedas. So the threefold Vedas are. The Garuda, his vehicle, right? And what is this Vaikunta? Is this chhatri on top? You see that there is one, huh? there is one chhatri on top, umbrella on top, and that umbrella is his Vaikunta, is the place where he stays. The goddess of fortune, Shri, who never leaves the Lord's side, appears with him in this world as a representation of his internal potency. Vishwaksena, the chief among his personal associates, is known to be the personification of the Panchartra and the other tantras. And the Lord's eight doorkeepers headed by Nanda are his mystic perfection beginning with Anima. So now, what are the things that are there with him? First is Shri. Shri means Lakshmi. Lakshmi is always with him. Then, she represents the internal potency. These powers are represented by Lakshmi. Vishwaksena, the chief among his associates is known to be the personification of the panchartra or the tantra. Basically, the way in which we express this devotion to the Lord. That is in the same of Vishwaksena. And there are eight doorkeepers. Why eight doorkeepers? Four sides. See, remember front, back and two sides. And front, back and two sides. No, I am doing this in the aircraft they do not. Two doorways here, two doorways, in front like that. So, think about the Lord. He has got four doorways. Front, back and two sides. And every doorway has got two. Two people guarding the doorway. And who are these two people guarding the doorway? They are called the Siddhis. The Siddhis means powers. That is Anima, Garima, Lagima, Mahima like that. Okay, They are guarding it. So, when you think in terms of why did this happen, this book, you will understand it is started with the Siddhi. The Siddhis, they were the two people over there, Jai and Vijay. And they did not allow the Rishimunis to enter. And when they were cursed, they were born as Hiranyaksha and Hiranyakashap. Like that, you know, this entire book came into the picture because of these doorkeepers. So, doorkeepers are important. You cannot tell the doorkeeper. See, if you want to enter a theater, you cannot go and tell the doorkeeper, I will not give you my ticket, right? You have to show your ticket, then only you can enter. Even an aircraft, if you don't show your boarding pass, you cannot enter or your face. Nowadays, you have to show your face before you enter. You can't put a burqa on your face and say, can you please take me inside the aircraft? You can't do that. Because nowadays, it is facial recognition. India has graduated to facial recognition. In the next year, 2019, we are going to have this in six airports, facial recognition. So, no longer your passport or your boarding pass is required. So, now think about it. These are the things that are needed, right? So, these are the tools. Vasudev, Shankarshana, Pradyumna and Anuruddha, Aniruddha are the names of the direct personal expansions of the Supreme Godhead, O Brahmana, Sanaka. So, these are the four expansions. Four expansions, Sri Krishna himself, that is Vasudev, Shankarshana, that is Adishesh, in the form of Balram, Pradyumna and Aniruddha that is son and grandson. One can conceive the Supreme Personality of Godhead in terms of awakened consciousness, sleep and deep sleep which is functioned respectively through external objects, the mind and the material intelligence. Also in terms of the fourth transcendental level of consciousness which is characterized by pure knowledge. So now how do you conceptualize this whole thing? Conceptualizing something is very very important. So even in a film, or if I am making an ad film. I have to first conceptualize whatever I am doing. It is extremely important to conceptualize. Isn't it? Now can I have a god who is not going to be uh, humankind. But who is going to be an alien. You see an alien movie. In that alien movie you have all that creature with you know, so many teeth. And so many. You can't have a god like that. You want to have a god who is. You can conceptualize. So you want to have a god which you can visualize and think about. So here the concept of this god has to be in your awakened consciousness it takes four forms okay four forms are sleep dream state vacant state and the fourth one which is called turiya which is absolutely meditative state all right so this is also one of the forms of the divine lord the supreme personality of god and lord hari thus appears in four personal expansions, is exhibiting major limbs, minor limbs, weapons and ornaments. Through this distinct feature, the Lord maintains the four phases of existence. So what is there in the every phase of existence? Different things. The dream existence is different than the waking existence, isn't it? What is there in the dream is not there during waking state. What is there in the waking state is not there during the sleep state. And during these three states, what is there? is not there in the fourth one. See remember all these three things you remove out. Then the fourth state is called the Turiya state. The state of deepest meditation is that. So what you see in the waking state, what you see in the dream, what you see in the deep sleep is not there in the Turiya state. Turiya state whatever is there is not there in the three states. So all these four states are different. Got it? What you can grasp in dream, you cannot catch it in the vacant state. Can you? See, in the dream, you might be eating some Jalebi. When you get up, there is no Jalebi over there. Jalebi is a sweet. So, (laughs) you don't find the sweet. So, it's exactly like that. Hmm? Oh, best of brahmanas, he alone is the self-luminous, original source of Vedas, perfect and complete in his own glory. By his material energy, he creates, destroys, maintains the entire universe. Because he is the performer of various material functions, he is sometimes described as materially divided. Yet he always remains transcendentally situated in pure knowledge. Those who are dedicated to him in devotion can realize him to be their true soul. So now, another way of visualizing him we say there are three gods you know one who is a creator one is a sustainer and one is a destroyer so there are lots of people in this world who can visualize him in these three forms so some people who are Vaishnavas will say my god is Vishnu and he is the creator destroyer and everything i have only one god the Shaivites will say i have only one god that is Shiva he is the creator the destroyer and everything okay so, they are entitled for whatever they think. Nobody says you are not entitled for. So, everybody has got their own entitlement. They can think of God whichever way they want. Then he says that he's a performer of various material functions. He is described as materially divided. Sometimes the Lord is divided. You see, he is told that he can only look into the heavens. He cannot go to hell. I mean, can you imagine a God who cannot go to hell? I mean, he is a master of everything. He can go to hell also if he wants to. Okay. He can meet the devil also over there. Because devil is his own creation. Think about it. So, some people say, no, no, God is different than the devil. Some people say like that, no? So, whichever way you look at it, it is allowed. Nobody says you are not allowed. So, if some, you know, in Christian religion, they say that God is different than the devil. Okay. Allowed. Nobody says no. In Buddhism, they say there is no God. That is also allowed. You do not want to see God. That is your choice, not my choice. So, you can be a Buddhist, you can be a Christian, you can be Islamic, you can be anybody. It really does not matter who is, who you are. Because if you want to be this and you want to believe in God which is unmanifest, your choice. If you want to believe in God with, you know, different kinds of nose and ears and you are entitled for that God also. Nobody says that you cannot. Those who dedicate to Him in devotion can realize Him in their true soul. The most important part is, yeah, you want to realize him inside of you as your own self also, it's okay. So, everything is okay because major criteria, God can be anywhere. He can be anything. He can do whatever he wants. He has got all the powers in the world, correct? So, if he can be anything, he can do whatever he want to. Oh, Krishna, O friend of Arjuna, O chief among the descendants of Rishni, you are the destroyer of these political parties that are disturbing elements on this earth. Your prowess never deteriorates. You are the proprietor of the transcendental abode and the most sacred glories which are sung by Vrindavana's cowherd men and women and their servants bestow all auspiciousness just by being heard. O Lord, please protect your devotees. So finally, Suta Goswami says, he says, after telling you about all the gods put together, he says, O Krishna. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all this is nothing but krishna only so he says krishna you have taken birth on this earth okay in the vrishni domain all right and after doing that you have dis- destroyed all the political parties political parties are there in this world all right the kauravas and the pandavas as per the war and there were various other wars that happened during that time you think if he comes today he is not going to destroy the political parties he is 100% going to do that how is he going to do He physically has nothing to do. By the way, he did not lift a bow or arrow during his entire war of Mahabharata. He was just a witness. You see, a witness means what? He was just watching. Whereas, he was all the Kartadarta. He was the one who was actually doing all the Kala Kandi, we say. In our world, he was doing everything around. But, I don't do anything. That's what he will say. Isn't it? He never does anything according to this world. So, exactly how he does his prowess can never deteriorate. His prowess is such that it can never go down at all. He is the transcend he is the proprietor of the transcendental abode and the most sacred glories. So he is talked about as the one who, which are there are glories which are sung in Vrindavan in the form of songs by the women and the men over there, and the auspiciousness can be heard. Anyone who rises early in the morning with a purified mind fixed upon the Mahapurusha quietly chants his description and his characteristics. Well, you know the internet is going to be down for 48 hours, no? (laughs) The ICANN has said that the internet is going to be down for 48 hours. I hope this was only 48 seconds. (laughs) So let me continue. So in his case, so first thing is we have to rise in the morning and with a purified mind, fix upon the Mahapurusha, quietly chanting the name. So first thing is you get up in the fixed hour in the morning. Discipline is a very, very important thing. Getting up in the morning, meditating on the Lord, doing our ablutions on exact daily basis, exactly at that specific time is very, very important. See you, our entire day has to be planned out nicely. We have to ensure that everything happens in a clockwork precision. You want to meet the Lord, you have to do all this. See, just imagine if you have to meet Narendra Modi at 10 o'clock in the morning today. You can't go to him at 12 o'clock in the afternoon and say, Sorry, sir, sorry, sir, I was late. Narendra Modi would have gone to some other country by then. You know that? In the two hours, he would have sat in one plane and gone to Russia for all we know. But you cannot do that. You have to be there before time. You see? To meet him, you will have to go through various corridors, okay? That means you have to plan well in advance That if you have to meet him at 10 o'clock in his residence, that means you have to get your clearances and you have to get so many things, you have to get your pass, you know, they give you that nowadays, you know. Like you have boarding card, like you have a pass to go inside and then you will have to go through security. Then you have to take the permissions and then you have to sit somewhere. The secretary will come and will verify you and after that they will say, okay, kindly wait over here. We will call you when the boss comes. How many things are needed? So many things. To meet a prime minister, if you need so many things, think if you have to meet the God. He is greater than the prime minister, isn't it? Right? So, if you want to meet the divine, hey, do you want to go and meet Mr. Donald Trump or uh, Putin or uh, Narendra Modi without taking a bath, looking dirty? I am sorry, they will throw you out from there itself. <laughs> if you start stinking over there. Right. So, the most importantly, you have to be very immaculately dressed and all that and speak and span. Right? There is a way and method in every place. If you have to take a Nobel Prize, you know, there is a method involved in it. If you have to go and meet the queen of England today, you cannot use a hi dude, how are you? You can't do that to the queen. See, can you do that? No, there is a way, there is a protocol and you have to follow the protocol. So, here also the protocol is you have to get up early in the morning and do all kinds of evolution. See, Savanaka said, please describe to us who have great faith in your words a different set of seven personal features associated associates the sun god exhibits during each month along with their names and the activities the associates of the sun god who serve the lord are personal expansions of the supreme personality of god at hari in his feature as the presiding deity of the sun so in the sun what do you see suta goswami said the sun travels among all the planets and thus regulates their movement it has been created by lord vishnu the supreme soul of the embodied beings through this beginningless material energy The sun god, being not different from Lord Hari, is the one soul of all the world and the original creator. He is the source of all the ritualistic activities prescribed in the Vedas and has been given many names by the Vedic sages. Actually, there was one very funny instance. You know, Now, when the term called sun god comes into the picture, uh, we say, why are we supposed to worship the sun? I don't understand. Scientific explanation says that our planets came from the sun only, isn't it? Right, So scientifically also we are right. So uh, I was reading a very beautiful text written by someone and in that the person says, Ki, ma, I want to tell you that I have learnt a new theory. Okay, It is called Darwin's theory of evolution. So she said, oh, I didn't know about that. Actually the mother knows everything but she is just making fun of that child. She says, okay, is that so? You see, in my life I learnt another theory. Okay. In my world, I have learned something else. You know what? In my world, I think, you know, everything started from the fish. what? Yeah. First, there were the oceans. In that, there was a fish. So, that was my first god called Matsya Avatar. Oh. Well, evolution also says that, you know. Everything came from the sea first. There was (laughs) was the sea creatures. (laughs) Then she says, Oh, then after that there was the, which avatar? Kurma avatar, right? Tortoise. So, you have from the sea to the land, you need a creature that migrates from the sea to the land. She says, in my mythology, it is written like that. That is what happened. And then after that, what happened? Okay, From the Kurma avatar came the boar, isn't it? A land based creature, boar is the pig. Right? Vara avatar. Right? He came. So, she says, see, in my books it is written like this. Your uh, Charles Darwin, what he says, I don't know, but this is what happened. See, then came the pig. After that came what? After that came what? The Vaman avatar? Narsima. Narsima avatar. He was man and animal. Half man, half animal. Oh my God! So, before man came into the picture, there was already the man and animal avatar so here you see the evolution can you see fish tortoise boar man animal and then came the next animal the next person who was that oh that was one small creature right small fellow who vamana avatar no vamana avatar came after that so he was a very short guy right he was very small, tall, he is not that tall and from that small person, he becomes so big, isn't it? So, he has the dimension from becoming small to big. So, first, the creature who came on this planet earth was very tiny and after that came a man mountain. He was a very dangerous person and he was hunting around. Parshuram avatar, do you see the, how the evolution is evolving? Huh? Isn't Parshuram that? Right? And then the Parshuram, after Parshuram came whom? The Sri Ram came. He was one woman man, isn't it? He never went around roaming here and there. What? He did everything that was required. He was absolutely perfect. The perfect human being was brought into the picture. The perfection of becoming human. right? So, a perfect man was created. And after that, the next avatar was Balram avatar. Balram avatar, Balram. Adishesh, he was born before Krishna. What was he? You remember what was Balram? Balram was the fighting man, and the one thing which he carries in his hand is called the plow. He was a farmer. So, after the man, the uh, original uh, authentic man came into the picture, he started farming. And after that, Krishna Avatar. He was the ruler, the epitome of everything in this world. And finally, there is going to be one more who is going to come. Okay. <laughs> His name is Kalki Avatar. He is also going to come. Alright. He is going to come and he is going to destroy everything. But he is going to be the ultimate culmination of everything. So she says, you know, now you understand that. You see, your Charles Darwin came up with something. My books also came up with something. Now do you believe in this theory? So, the child was very happy, he says, oh, yeah, 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 mom, I now believe in your theory also. Your God also created this thing like this. So, do you understand? It is the way of interpretation. How do you interpret anything in your own way? So, whoever wrote this must have used a tremendous amount of, you know, the gray matter up there to come up with this kind of a theory. It is very good. Anyway. Being the source of the material energy, the personality of Godhead, Lord Hari, in his expansion as a sun god. Now, as a sun god, what does he do? There are various aspects, you know, there are planets around him, they were created by him, and so. So, I told you this story because when we say that the sun created all these planets, it is true, (laughs) and it is written in this book also. The Supreme Personality of God and manifesting his potency of time as the Sun God travels around in each of the 12 months beginning with Madhu to regulate planetary motion within the universe. Traveling with the Sun God in each of the 12 months is a different set of 6 associates. So, no. So, now in this there are 12 months in a year. So, he, the Sun God is traveling in every quarter. Isn't it? Every different, different, you know. Each planetary, uh, that particular thing, like you have Aries, Taurus and so on and so forth. Three is travelling right round like that. So there are 12 divisions in 360 degrees, isn't it? If there are 12 divisions, can there not be 6 of them? Half of that. So, every 2 months comprises of a season. If you look at the seasons, there are 2 months seasons. So like that, my dear sage, Dhrita, Dhata as the sun god, Trastali as the Apsara, Heti as the Rakshasa, Vasuki as the Naga, Ratakrita as the Yaksha, Pulatsya as the Sage and Tumburu as the Gandharva rule the month of Madhu. So the first month is ruled by all these things. Aryama is the Sun God, Pula as the Sage, Atuja as the Yaksha, Praheti as the Rakshasa, Punji Kastali as the Apsara, Narada as the Gandharva and Kanchanira as the Naga rule the month of Madhava. Mitra is the sun god, Atri as the sage, Paushaseya as a Rakshasa, Takshaka as the Naga, Menaka as the Apsara, Haha as the Gandharva, and Rattaswana as the Yaksha rule the month of Shukra. Vashishta as the sage, Varuna as the sun god, Ramba as the Apsara, Sahajanya as a Rakshasa, Huhu as the Gandharva, Shukra as the Naga, and Chitraswana as the Yaksha rule the month of Suchi. Indra as the sun god. Vishvavasu as the Gandharva, Shrota as the Yaksha, Elapatra as the Naga, Angira as the Sage, Pramalocha as the Apsara, and Varya as the Rakshasa ruled the month of Nabhas. Vivaswan as the Sun God, Ugrasena as the Gandharva, Vyagra as the Rakshasa, Asarana as the Yaksha, Brugu as the Sage, Anumlocha as the Apsara, and Shankafala as the Naga ruled the month of Nabhyasa. Fusa as the sun god, Dhananjaya as the Naga, Vata as the Rakshasa, Susena as the Gandharva, Suruchi as the Yaksha, Gratachi as the Apsara, Gautama as the sage, rule the month of Tapas. Ritu as the Yaksha, Varcha as the Rakshasa, Bharadwaja as the sage, Prajanya as the sun god, Senajit as the Apsara, Vishwas as the Gandharva, and Ayaravat as the Naga, rule the month, known as Tapasya. See, these are different, different months. And these are different different characteristics of the month. So, every month has certain characteristic in your life also if you are born in the month of April, May, June and all, you have specific characteristics. So, these characteristics are ruled by these different different beings. So dependent on which month you are born, which rakshasa is there, which naga is there, which apsara is there, you will become like that. So if you want to become say the Miss World or Miss Universe or something, you better be born in a particular month where the apsara is very beautiful, isn't it? <laughs> Amshu as the sun god, Kashiya as the sage, Taksha as the yaksha, Rathasena as the Gandharva, Urvashi as the apsara, Vidya as the uh, rakshasa and Mahashankha as the Naga ruled the month of Sahas. Bhaga as the sun gods, Purja as the Rakshasa, Aristanemi as the Gandharva, Urna as the Yaksha, Ayur as the Sage, Karkotrasa as the Naga and Purvachitti as the Apsara ruled the month of Pushya. Twasta as the sun god, Jamdagini the son of Chika as the Sage, Kambalswa as the Naga, Tilottama as the Apsara, Brahmapeta as the Rakshasa, Satyajit as the Yaksha, Dhritarashtra as the Gandharva maintained the month of Isha. Vishnu as the sun god, Ashtavara as the Naga, uh, Rambha as the Apsara, Suryavarcha as the Gandharva, Satyajit as the Yaksha, Vishwamitra as the sage, Mah- Makha as the Rakshasa rule the month of Urja. All these personalities are the vip- Opulent expansion of the supreme personality of Godhead Vishnu in the form of Sun God. These deities take away the sinful reactions of those who remember them each day at dawn and sunset. Thus, throughout the 12 months, the Lord of the Sun travels in all directions with these six types of associates, disseminating among the inhabitants of this universe purity of consciousness for both this life and the next. So, in every month you will find that there is an Apsara, there is a sage, there is a... You know, Gandharva, there is all these things are there, right? Did you see that? So, what does it mean? That anybody who wants to take up the characteristics of a particular kind and definitely take up that characteristics. And these are the paraphernalia that move along in those months. Okay, These are the characteristics of the month. While the sages glorify the sun god with the hymns of the rig and the Yajurved, which reveal his identity, the Gandharvas sing the praises, the Apsaras dance before the chariot, the Nagas arrange the chariot robes, Yakshas harness the horses of the chariot, while the powerful Rakshasas push from behind. So these are the helpers during that month. So they will help that. Facing the chariot, the 60,000 brahmana sage known as Vakilyas travel in front and offer prayers to the almighty sun god with Vedic mantras for the protection of the world. The Supreme Personality of Godhead Hari who is unborn and without beginning or end thus expands himself during each day of Brahma into the specific categories of his personal representation. So, this was a representation of the Lord as sun god and in during his travel these are the things that come along with it. So, there is a chariot, there is a way in which the thing moves. Now, this is just a representation. This is a mythological representation please apply this in your own life and you will understand how this works okay so we have come to the end of this chapter 11 so tomorrow we will do chapter 12 and we shall complete this maybe in the coming week if i am actually it's called the summarization next time so summarization comprises of two chapters all right so we we are going to do a small summarization of this now i have not stopped as yet I will just tell you, after we finish these two chapters, then the next question is, then do we take a break or do we do what? Well, I don't want to take a break because if I give you a break, and you are know, not going to come back again. <laughs> so what I am going to do is, I will continue with my satsangs. Now the satsangs are not going to be based on any particular book. The satsangs are going to be based entirely on a specific topic. So, we will be taking up a specific topic. In the topic, I am going to give you the expansion of the topic. Because if you know, satsang means, satsang, it is the uh, company of the holy. You know, everybody over here is holy. We are all keeping company, listening to one person, okay? Now, what am I doing? I am just exposing. Now, this is an exposition of this book called Srimad Bhagavatam. Now, henceforth, we are going to do actual satsangs. It's not going to be an exposition. It's also going to contain a lot of leelas. Lot of stories are going to be there. Don't worry. I will also give you current news also. Everything is like a news channel. So, don't worry. So, the satsang is going to be a real satsang. So, we are going to pick up certain topics and I am going to give you a satsang based on that topic. There will be a lot of stories as well. So, don't worry. It's not going to be boring. Okay. So, I will see you all tomorrow during this time. Bye.